Welcome to Clydesdale Media, fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at c4energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, where we are doing our series highlighting the athletes of the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinals. And we have with us today, none other than Mitch Stevenson. Mitch, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so I met you last year at the MAC. Yes, sir. That's right. I uh, did a couple short interviews with you there, but we've never had you on for like a little bit longer video or uh interview so i'm stoked to do this today man yeah thanks for having me on it's an honor yeah so um i wanted to start by saying uh, when i was doing the research on you you've been around this sport a long time yeah like you are og i guess man i don't feel like that but uh i guess time flies when you're having fun (laughs) yeah so you started back in 2015 yeah um I read that you played soccer in high school, maybe a little bit in college. Yeah, that's right. So what made you find CrossFit? Was it an accessory to your soccer playing or was it just something brand new? Um, it was something new. I remember like in high school, um, I hadn't heard of CrossFit, didn't know about it. But I remember specifically in weight training class, you know, we have test day and you have just kind of all these different things. And I was never... Uh, like really good at one of them and you know you have like the 40 you have you know all these different things and I remember specifically thinking in the gym I was sitting on the floor just kind of watching I was like man I wish there was something that kind of encompassed everything like in like the best person who was like in the in the middle or like near the top of all the stuff could win (laughs) you know and not and not just like just the fastest or just the heaviest squat or like what about the person who has a good mile time and a good squat and can be fast? And, and uh, yeah, so I had this kind of thought in my head, but I'd never heard of CrossFit. I like to lift. I like to play soccer. I like to play sports and do kind of everything. Um, so then eventually um, when I was, I was working for a summer in college, I came home and my, I had a friend who told me to come out to a CrossFit workout he was doing. I was like, okay. So went and the workout was 100 thrusters for time. <laughs> that was my first ever exposure to CrossFit and it, it wrecked me. I did that 95 pounds and uh, I remember being done with it. And then they're like, okay, hey, everyone's done. Let's go for like a cool down jog. And I couldn't, I couldn't jog. My legs had locked up. So I had to walk the cool down jog. And I was humbled in that moment, but also like, wow, there's something to this thing. So, uh, one of our uh, listeners said barf. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a barfer, but if I was for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first workout ever was Murph. So I, if you're a barfer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I started CrossFit at 500 pounds. Oh, and wow. did a very, very scaled version of Murph. And so now it's, it's like a very special workout for me. 
Yeah, that's amazing. When was that? 2011. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 2011, I just graduated high school. So I was playing soccer at that point, And like, that's when I was, I hadn't found CrossFit yet, but I was trying to figure out the next steps for me, you know, at that point in my life. So. Yeah. One of our uh, listeners, Damien says, you don't know how about pacing a workout on day one. Yeah. Well, I think for me being a soccer player, that was actually something that, um, I had a little bit of, I knew, you know, how to run. I knew how to push myself and not go too fast right away. And I remember one of the coaches or maybe it was just one of the other members um, that I was taking the class with told was like, Hey, okay, make sure you don't go out with a huge set. And so I, I had, to, I learned quick how to pace. Um, and that's been one of my strengths in the sport is, is, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with smaller sets. It's, you can use it to your advantage, but if you take big sets every time, if it's 50 something and you want to get to 25, cause it feels good mentally, but it puts you in a hole and then you're doing fives the rest of the way out. Like what was the point? So true. Yeah. It's, you got to learn that pacing. And I guess maybe that was one way to have a rude awakening to the importance of it. Yeah. I'm 12 years in and still trying to figure that pacing thing out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. So you, you got to take part in regionals. Yeah. And this year is probably the closest thing back to that. Are you excited about that? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I had, so my first regional was in 2014. Um, the first regional I ever saw was in 2014. I mean, my first one competing in was 2015. And every year since then, it's changed in some way. You know, in, in 14, when I watched the regional, I felt like I had a good concept of what it was. There's 40 people from the Northwest region. And then it moved and then it became 20 people from the Northwest region and 20 people from Canada West. And then the next year it changed again a little bit. And then the next year it changed again. And then there was the super regional um, with, you know, California and um, when they all, when we all merged with them. So, and then it's just continued to change as we all know in recent years, but yeah, this year seems definitely the closest. There's a lot of guys still, you know, that are, you know, in, competing with Cole Sager and Brent and Justin Medeiros, even in 2018 was at regionals. And um, so, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it feels good. It's going to be unique this year with 60 people. Um, I'm curious to see how, you know, that'll flow. Are there going to be six heats? You know, I don't know for sure how it's all going to look, but it's going to be cool. And yeah, it will be closer to regionals for sure. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard rumor that heats of 15, I hope I just don't want them to make the floor too wide for the spectators yeah, totally. because once you get too wide, it's, it's hard to tell the story. And yeah. I think in the West, what's unique is on the women's side, you're getting 10 on the men's side, you're getting nine. If you do a final heat of 10, that tells a story. Yeah. Right. And Ooh. especially on Sunday, you'll know kind of if you're in, if you're just outside by what heat you're in on that last day. And I think for the spectator may not be the best for the competitor, but for the spectator, that's huge. Yeah. And that matters for sure for not only just the growth of the sport, but I mean, when I come home, you know, after competing and people have 
you know, told me how rough it was to watch because, you know, you can't fault it, but you can only show the first, you know, the people in the lead or, you know, the big names, you know, that's what draws the attention. So it's not a bad thing, but it's just the nature of, yeah, telling a story. And when there's, you know, yeah, 15 people would be rough to follow along with that story. Yeah, I I actually did a riff on this. I think they should put a post or something at the end of every lane with a GoPro. And you, you're, you as the athlete get a copy of that footage of your lane for every event. And for the broadcast, they can use those GoPros to kind of um, go to those moments when someone in that lane is doing well. Yeah, totally. And it just like from the finish line straight down or. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And that way, then you don't have people in the front rows around with their cameras trying to film everything for their family member. So the audience gets a better view because you, the athlete, know you're going to get an unobstructed view after you're done. Yeah, photo finish every time. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. So you you made the games, um, I think, back in 2018? Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? Oh man, um, it was awesome to make the games. Uh, the that's kind of a long story. I mean, so I'd I'd been to regionals in fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and then eighteen. So the last four times we've had regionals, and uh, you know, progressively improved and made some changes to kind of you know really uh, focus in on what I wanted, which was to get to the games. In twenty seventeen, I missed by like four points, you know, if one thing would have gone differently, uh, could have been a different story. Joe Scally and I had a race to the finish. I kind of eased up and he kind of sprinted past me. You know, if that would have been different, like there's five points, then my one, you know, I would have been, I would have gone. So I had that kind of in my head the whole year. And on top of that, I had um, been battling a significant back injury from, um, the 2017 regional, I really hadn't tested any of the workouts until like two weeks before there were heavy kettlebell deadlifts and my back was just bugging me. So I was able to make it through regionals in 17 and just miss out and felt good. So I thought my back was better at that point. But sometimes when you compete, you can't feel anything <laughs> and uh, your adrenaline or your mind just kind of takes over. So... um you know, like three days after conclusion of 2017 regionals, I felt something a little bit different in my back. Like it just wasn't quite right. A um, couple weeks go by and I start to realize like I can't do a calf raise on my left leg. Um, getting a lot of like referred pain down my leg. Kind of telltale signs of something else going on. Um, so I ended up going and seeing some, getting an MRI and having some, uh, imaging done and then going to some doctors and going over that stuff with them and having them tell me like I had a significant bulge in my disc, my L5 S1. And so that was disheartening, um, cause I felt like I was right on the cusp of doing what I really wanted to do and then feeling like. Now I don't even know what to do. <laughs> um, so I, I spent the, that pretty much year, 2017, rehabbing my back on my own. Um, 
and kind of seeking out any help that I could and figuring out what worked for me and learning a lot, uh, just learning a ton, which was invaluable. Um, and the adversity that I faced there was super significant, but I was able to kind of turn it around. And I remember feeling like I have to figure out how to use this to my advantage. And so I learned a lot about rehab. I learned a lot about how to get healthy and how to go through an injury and how to keep moving and the importance of moving, even though you're, uh, might feel like you can't. I mean, cause I was at the point where I couldn't bend down. I could barely put my socks on. I was limping anytime I walked, you know, a lot of people have know what I'm talking about. Um, and you know, it really made me question kind of my worth, <laughs> you know, I've always been a capable person and, wanted to use my body to the maximum that I could and love to have my little cousins and nieces and nephews jump around and climb on me. And, you know, I couldn't do any of that stuff. And it really took part of me. But I also, you know, like I said, realized that I had to use this. Um, so I started realizing that even though I can't train like normal, I could do a lot of visualization and I could do reps in my mind and uh, did a lot of workouts in my head full workouts and something I still do now um and because of that experience like I did that every single day as I laid on ice or whatever I was doing in my rehab to try to get better and so 2017 was pretty much that and into 2018 and I ended up you know feeling good enough to go through the open and um tried to maximize everything I could and work hard on the salt bike and anything that didn't you know cause pain and eventually started feeling better to the point where I could start lifting a little bit again and obviously got to regionals and was able to perform well and get fifth place, which was amazing because of the, you know, adversity that I faced, not only missing out the year before um, and then making it the next year, but also just because of the type of year I had. And so it was, you know, all of that kind of combined into one thing of making it, you know, and it really, um, it meant a lot to me to be able to make it and to be able to push through probably one of the loneliest times of my life <laughs> um, and and be able to achieve something. And that it really showed me that you hear the great, you know, athletes say, if you put your mind to something, you can do it. And that's because they have put their minds to something and they've achieved it. You know, it's, they're not saying that because <clears throat> it, sound, it just sounds good. They're saying it because that's something that they've done. And so it showed me that, wow, if you really do that, you really do dedicate yourself and you create a plan and you follow the progression and you're purposeful and intentional and efficient. You can do that kind of stuff. You can put your mind to something and achieve it. So there were a lot of lessons in it. And that all kind of came to a point in uh, 2018 down in Del Mar um, on that Sunday when I you know, heard my name being called in that fifth spot instead of not hearing my name called in that fifth spot. Um, so it was cool. It was awesome. And um, I haven't had that again as an individual. So I, I'm hoping to um, do that again this this year. It's really funny because I had the same injury almost at the same time you did. Um mm -hmm. And I didn't handle as well as you did. Um, I I sunk into a depression and lost my self-worth. And 
I had lost 200, over 250 pounds, mm-hmm. was doing really well um, with everything. And I let it like totally uh, stop my progress and go in the other direction. And um, and it's only in the last couple of years that I've found that again, my self-worth and all of that and, and able to rehab it and get back to doing CrossFit again. Yeah, it's crazy. I think a lot of people have some kind of story like that. You know, it doesn't have to be in fitness, but when you're in pursuit of something and you're purposeful and you're intentional, like I said, you you know, you come up with a plan and things are clicking and you're feeling some of that success. Like oftentimes, you know, there's something in that time when you're really firing that something happens and it it can get derailed. And the the you know, it's all about how you respond to things. And whether you respond immediately or it takes a while to figure it out, like, I think we all have, you know, that to some extent. And that's what makes, you know, life so amazing is that we can all be doing different things or be passionate about different things, but we all can relate in the story of, you know, whatever adversity that we face and whatever things we have to overcome. Yeah, one of our listeners, Damien, says, did he say the assault bike doesn't cause pain? And I can personally say that that was the one machine that didn't hurt my back when I, when I, that injury happened because I couldn't hinge anymore. And on the assault bike, I could stay upright. Um, I actually had a rower in my house and I sold it and bought an assault bike so that I could at least move. Um, and it was the best thing I did because it could, I could do something. Yeah. Yeah. The assault bike has saved me many times. I mean, whenever I have, something going on i can always go to the salt bike and yeah. it still causes pain i think damien's saying like you know right it cause pain because it's the assault bike and you're going to push on it and it's going to hurt but the, yeah i mean you can move oftentimes you know whether it's a back thing or a shoulder thing i've been in a sling and you know had one arm strapped here and then the other one's working you know we're just going with the legs so the salt bike saved me many times and i was in the same spot the only thing with the back is like you got start easy because you can't twist too much to start so i would like you know take the seat and shove it up as far as i could try to be (laughs) as upright as possible looking like i'm like just riding a bike on a sunday afternoon (laughs) but yeah i i know when i first started i didn't even use the arms it was just get my legs moving get some blood flowing um but yeah it was it was a miracle machine for me yeah, absolutely. So then you you make the games in 18. There's like a little bit of a hiatus. And then C- CrossFit went crazy. The world went crazy. And then 21, you go back to the games on a team. Uh, I love it. And mm-hmm. um, was, that a, was that a different kind of experience for you? Um, yeah. You know, I went into 2018 feeling like, I didn't want, I was a rookie, but I didn't want to have that over my head or be like consumed by that. But there really is something to uh, your first time <laughs> at anything, you know, and experience is so valuable. So 2018, I was, the, you know, I was hungry to do well, but didn't handle a lot of the situations that were dealt to me in the ways I would have liked to. And so 2021 on a team, uh, I felt much more 
like I knew what I was doing, even though it'd been a couple years since being there. And I knew even just the walk, you know, from the expo hall to the Coliseum, like I know the walk, you know, I know how to get around. I know what things look like, what it feels like to be under the lights, what it feels like to be on the turf and all that stuff, you know, those decisions that you have to make in between some, you don't have to think about them as much. The questions you have, some of those you don't have to ask. So some of that stuff that, you know, just gets in your head, you can kind of push to the side and just focus on the task at hand. And I struggled with that in 2018 and then 2021, I felt like I was able to handle that better. And part of that too is because it's a team and it's less stressful. <laughs> like in the right. in all reality, the team experience is super special because whenever you can be in a group, like we're made to be with people as humans, we're just designed for that. And when you have a group of people, whether it's a big group or a small group bought in, you know, like amazing things can happen. And, and it's amazing what you can feel with a, with a group of people who are pushing to the same goal, whether it's, you know, you're on, you're all coaches at the gym and you want the same thing for the members or you're a team and you're trying to go win the CrossFit games. It's fun to be on a team that wants the same things. And so, and that takes some of the stress off of it. So I definitely felt less stressful, less stress because I just knew what I was getting into. Um, I had three other people um, who I love and one, my girlfriend at the time, she's my wife now, Carrie, um, was on the team and it was just like she competed at the games in 2019 and I did in 2018 and then 2021, we got to compete on a team together. So there are just a lot of things that made it fun um, and, a, and a good time. It was tough as well, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was unique to to try to lead that group and and uh, take the experiences that I had as an individual and bring them to the team. So I'm going to take a, a quick break from the CrossFit stuff and we'll come back to last yeah, yeah. year and then into this year. And I want to get into some some more fun stuff. You bring up Carrie. Uh, yeah. I got to meet her at the MAC last year too. Um, and she's really fit, as you said. She's yeah. a games competitor just like you are. Did you guys meet through CrossFit? Um, yeah, originally. So we're both live in Linden, Washington, a little small town, um, right on the border of Canada. And we're, we met in Oregon. And at the time I was living in Oregon and she was living in Montana. And we met through some mutual friends. And I was like, Hey, I'm Mitch. She's like, Hey, I'm Carrie. And I was like, Oh, I'm from Linden. Where are you from? And she said, Linden. And it's this tiny town. We never knew each other. We never met you know, but we were from the same place and then living, you know, in, in completely different states um, than where home was. So like immediately, you know, I was like, oh, I'll remember you. <laughs> um, so we just kind of met and then um, we met kind of again in 2017 at regionals. She was at regionals and I was at regionals and we just were both competing and, uh, we were both on an assault bike and just kind of talking because we hadn't seen each other in a while. And I was like, Hey, yeah, I just moved back to Linden. And she was like, no way I'm moving back to Linden in a few months. And, uh, so then, you know, some time went by again, we hadn't met. And then, uh, I was training for the games and she was back in Linden at the time and training at a different gym in a nearby town. 
And uh, my coach asked her to come and help me kind of prep for some of the game stuff. And, and we had seen each other at regionals in 18 as well. So, you know, yeah, we just kind of crossed paths and crossed paths. And then uh, eventually we uh, met again outside of CrossFit at, at church and uh, started kind of going to church together and um, being a little more intentional with our time and, and training a little bit more together and then just sitting on the floor and talking for a couple hours after training and, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, uh, and then she came over and joined the gym that I'm at. And, um, since then we've, you know, dated and then got married and yeah, it's been fun, man. Yeah. I was going to say like, what took you so long? God kept putting her in front of you over and over and over again. And it took you all that time to ask her out. Well, they're different. We're at different places in our life. You know, I, I kind of had a, we both actually, I'm just giving had you a hard time. time. No, but, but really, I mean, we both had a kind of, it's funny. You can give yourself an idea of the way things should be, you know, whether it's because of an example you've had in your life or because of something you believe or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And I kind of had this thought that, um, I wouldn't date someone else who's doing CrossFit competitively because like it just, I didn't feel like it would really work as well for whatever reason. I don't know at the time, but um, yeah, you say God just kind of brought us together over and over again. And he, God really kind of stripped that, those walls down for both of us. Cause we both kind of felt that way. And, you know, eventually it was like, man, we really enjoy spending time together and we relate in a way that's hard to relate with anyone else because we were doing this games thing you know, where, when no one else was where we were at, like the gym I was at, you know, I have some of the, I think the best coaches around who own the gym, but there are no other athletes that were doing it. And my back was really injured at the time. And I was super lonely. And you mentioned, you know, feeling kind of depressed when your back hit. And like, I felt that too, for sure. Like, I just knew that I wanted to keep trying this thing. And I knew that God had given me a desire for it and he'd given me an ability for it. And I was the steward of that. And, um, and Carrie understood that when I talked about it, you know, and I think that's kind of what really pulled us together was we had an understanding and, and a similar goal. And we we're, we we're wired similarly in that way. So yeah, like we crossed paths a lot, you know, but eventually it was like, Oh wow, this, this is what I'm going through and this is what you're going through. And it's similar. And it feels good to express that and it feels good to talk about it and be open with that. And that turned into, you know, long conversations that were more than just about CrossFit. Yeah. I was giving you a hard time, but we all know like God's time and our time are two different things. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe it was not meant to be before it happened and right. you need, yeah. you needed each other in that moment. And that's when it was just destined yeah. to be. Um, for sure. And so I, I want to talk about the gym you go to. Um, I had Gabby on um, the other night, yep. Um, yep. who I love dearly. She's just one of the nicest people I've ever met in this space. Um, I I love it. CrossFit is spelled with a one in the middle of it. And she explained yep. it because it is a God centered um, gym. Yep. Uh, he yep. is the one and he's in the middle. Um, I know that you are very strong in your faith. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, one of the hardest things about um, doing thumbnails for you and researching for you is you don't put workout pictures on your Instagram. Yeah. And so 
Like I had to go to Carrie's Instagram to get pictures of you to be able to make like a thumbnail because it is very God centered. So when did you, when did you come to Christ? Was, were you always that way or was it like an epiphany at one point or? Yeah. So for me, um, super blessed to grow up in a, in a really strong family home. My dad's a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. They pastored the same church that I grew up in, you know, so I heard from my grandpa or my dad every Sunday morning, you know, and some PKs, pastors, kids have a hard time with that kind of thing. I loved it. Like I, those two men are, you know, the most important men in my life. And I look up to them immensely and know that, you know, they, because of their decisions and their um, stewardship of what God had given them, like that comes down to me generationally. And um, so I've, I don't even honestly remember the moment when I was little, you know, praying the prayer. Some people who've grown up in the church have this, you know, moment. They remember my brother has a moment he remembers because he was stealing some M&Ms and he got in trouble. And <laughs> my mom and dad had to sit him down and he realized he needed Jesus, you know, and it's an awesome story. I don't have a, I, that's not me. Like, I don't have that. Some people have, you know, amazing stories where God really did bring them, you know, through something and gave them a moment where he spoke to them clearly. And I don't really, my, 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 my testimony, I think, is just God being faithful throughout my life and realizing at a young age that I need him and then continuing just to ask him to be my savior and acknowledging that he is my savior and throughout, you know, all the experiences and the decisions I have to make and when things don't go my way, at least when I think they're not going my way and realizing, you know, that, like you said, God's time is different than mine and that I can find peace in that, you know, and, and just kind of learning some of that stuff as God um, just shows up all the time. And uh, that's kind of, for me, I guess that's kind of my, how God grabbed me was, He's he showed up day one and he's showing up today and he's going to show up tomorrow and that never changes and it's never changed once. And I, you know, that's where my faith is and that's where it will continue to be. So you said that when you met Carrie, you you had this idea that you didn't want to um, date or marry another CrossFitter. But how important was it that you that that person be as faithful as you? Um, yeah, I mean, I it's important because you know we should be a team. Like I don't in whatever we're doing, we should be um, equally yoked. You know, we should be on mission with the same things, and we should have communicated so we can accomplish that. So that's for sure important because it's, it, it's, you know, my lifeline. It's, it's what I have, it's how I have peace and how I have joy and how I can get through life knowing that, you know, if 2020 was still going on, that God's got it. And that even if I don't understand it, I know that he can work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So yeah, to have her, 
that as well is is very important and was very important um with that said like you know god is in the business of changing lives you know so that also wasn't something to to me that was like you know, um if i'm going to marry someone there we're going to be united in that for sure but when we first you know got together and I met her, you know, that wasn't something that was just like, I guess for it wasn't something that was just on my mind right away. I guess for us, it was unique, though, because like our relationship, you know, took a while to um, to establish. And then we kind of reunited at church where it was kind of unspoken, like we knew we were united in that way. Um, and then as we progressed, you know, and as we became more um, intentional with our conversation, we could kind of go deeper in those things and just realize like we were um go in the same direction and you know you always hear like um the example of if you're looking for someone like maybe you're you're doing it wrong maybe you should run your race you know with your head down and go for a bit and then look up and see who's running with who's running alongside you and that's kind of how it felt for me was like i mean to be honest i'd never dated anyone before carrie and uh so i was pretty head down and I was pretty just kind of running, doing my thing. And I think there's good and bad things to that, but I was head down running, you know, and I kind of picked up and looked around and there she was in God's timing. I kind of looked around other times, you know, when I wished things would have happened earlier, but it wasn't then. And there was no one running with me at that time. And so to see her running along with me and knowing that we were running the same direction was, that's what I needed. <laughs> And I needed yeah, someone I, to come run with me at that moment. I, I love that analogy. I think that is really a cool concept that, you know, you have to run your own race. Um, and then it is about the people you surround yourself with. And I'm assuming yeah. that's why you're at I Love It CrossFit. Yeah. Those yeah. people run with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I started CrossFit in Oregon when I went to school in Oregon and like, was there and and had some amazing people around me there as well but i just knew you know there i want i needed to make a change if i was going to try to get to the games like i needed to dedicate time to it so i needed to move home i needed to move somewhere where i had a established group of people that could support me in a different way and uh so yeah i can't i it took some decision making because i Matt and Kaylee, the owners and my coaches, really the reason I came back, um, told me the first thing they told me was to like, well, don't just come back. We will coach you. Don't just come back though. Like look around and see if, and see if this, make sure this is the right thing. And that in and of itself to me was like, okay, well, you just, that told me it was the right thing. Cause you're not just saying, yeah, just come back and we'll just, you know, we'll make it happen and all this stuff. Like you're telling me, to be wise, you're telling me to take my time and make a good decision and not just jump at the first thing I think of. And so right then I was just like, okay, like, so I did, well, I looked around and, you know, tried to make a wise decision, but that really confirmed to me that this was the right move because they gave me wise counsel. And uh, I've continued to get that from them and from the people at the gym and yeah, from, the other coaches and the other athletes and the members there like one thing we always do and i've always done is i take the class workout like i do the class um, i compete and i want to you know compete at the highest level i can and 
but the reason I do CrossFit, the reason we all started CrossFit was because of the community aspect of it because the people you're doing it with, you know, and, and I've just, I started seeing even in myself before I moved back like this, like pull away from the class and from the people and this, like, I'm just training by myself, even while class is going, I'm over here doing my own thing. And sometimes you got to do that. Like, I'm not, you know, trying to bash on people who do that or that's like, you got to do it. You got to be able to do your own thing. But at the same time, for me, I realized like, I want to be around the people. <laughs> like, and if the workout's not good enough, like then maybe there's a programming problem. We all do the open, you know? So like, that was, that's super important at our gym at I love it. We all do class every day together, whether we're, you know, trying to be healthy and, you know, lose weight or we're trying to get stronger and put on weight or get to the games or whatever it is. Like we all do class together. And I think that's just another, you know, yeah, we run, we run the race together and it's fun. So we talked to Gabby the other night, like I said, she, uh, she was talking about how you guys train together sometimes because you need that push, right? Yeah. You need other people who are of similar ability and that you and her are not of the same type of athlete. And so what you're good at, she's not necessarily good at and vice versa. How has she helped you uh, during this process? Yeah. I mean, like, like she said, you know, we don't have the same strength. So I remember when she first kind of came and started training with us, there was a workout. I think it was like lighter, like barbell cycling, snatch, double on double unders and toast bar or something with the rest in there. And she beat me on the workout. And uh, I was like, Oh man, (laughs) like, shoot, (laughs) you know, but also, okay, this is good. Like, I need this push. I need a extra, especially on these things that I don't like to hold on to the barbell. And she's good at doing that. You know, so there's definitely a lot of things like that. Like, she's really good at DT. DT is one of my least favorite workouts. You know, so it's good to have that push. And it is challenging for me um, mentally sometimes to feel like, oh, I have to win or I have to beat this person or like that's how you feel at the games, you know, or at semifinals or wherever you're at. Like it's easy to get caught up in other people's placements or you start looking at the leaderboard and, you know, it's just, it can take the fun out of it. And so having to deal with that, like head on has been super valuable. That's so cool because you need that to break up your training too. Right. And, and she attributes a lot of her, gymnastics improvement to you personally and her and you helping her out, which I love that, that, that camaraderie and almost mentorship from you. Yeah. I mean, that's, you mentioned me being like an OG and like, I don't feel like an OG at all, but I do feel like I have learned a lot um, and had to go through a lot and want to keep going, you know, and who am I to, keep what I've learned to myself. And sometimes I feel like, you know, there are times in my life when maybe I would have felt like I I should do that and just kind of like, oh, I got a secret. I'm not going to, you know, tell anyone or like, you know, we play the the game on in quarterfinals or we used to at the open where like you don't release anything until the last second. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, I recognize that there's parts of that that are 
valuable or like you got to play the game. You can't just be naive and, you know, not play the game. But at the same time, like if we're all in this thing together, we're talking about running races together and we all want to get better and see where we all can push ourselves, like let's help each other along. And if I have something that I see might be helpful, I'm going to say it and she'll say it to me and, and Carrie and I do the same thing with each other. Like if I feel like I'm, I have some insight on this and how she's doing this, I'll say it. And she doesn't take it as me trying to tell her to do something different. And she does the same for me, you know, and I feel like once you've built trust and you know that you want the same things, it's easy to do that and it makes it better. So last year you competed at the Mac back in individual yep. and maybe in my opinion, the most stacked semifinal there was last year. Um, you know, most of the big names were right there in that final heat with you. You ended up finishing eighth, mm -hmm. um, making the last chance qualifier where you finished sixth, um, just kind of just outside the games in both cases. This year you come in as the fifth seed in the West, probably your highest ranking coming into a competition like at, at this level. Um, how are you feeling this year, knowing that you have nine spots, you're, you're coming in as the fifth seed kind of smack dab in the middle of that. Um, are you, do you think that you've improved enough over the last year to take advantage of that? Yeah, I do. I, I'm excited. I feel blessed. Like you're asking how I feel about the position. I, mean, I feel really blessed because I didn't know if I was going to be able to do the open this year because I mentioned my back. I tweaked my back again in January. Spent three days literally not moving. Like I couldn't move. You know, I don't know if you've had a injury since your original injury. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, you know, the ropes on that one. Um, yeah. So that happened in January and I was literally, I hadn't done a, hadn't touched a barbell until the first open workout. So. I got through the workout and, and just kind of was, you know, like, okay, I'll see how the next one goes and hopefully it's fine and kept being fine. And so honestly, I feel, I just feel blessed to be where I'm at now and my body feels good. And um, my coaches always tell me like a healthy Mitch is better than any other kind of Mitch. So like, let's just stay healthy. And that's kind of my goal is to be healthy and push training as much as I can. Um, but also not go over the edge because I've done that before. And, and that's sometimes almost easier to do mentally. Sometimes it's harder mentally to, you know, ease up a little bit because we're so, even our society is so like workaholic, like praise the workaholic, like it's still a problem. If you have other responsibilities, like it's not like just awesome that you worked 70 hours a week. Like, you know, like we have to have balance. We have to have, um, other things in our lives. And I have, you know, my wife who helps me and, and we have some things that we're into. She has a couple horses. And, uh, so we have other things in our life and our lives and that have helped with that and given me a place to kind of, um, go work on things and create things and build things when they need fix things when they need to be fixed. And so that's been super fun. Um, so I just feel blessed where I'm at right now. And I feel also like I'm fitter than I've ever been. 
and as you know i'll just stay healthy and keep doing what i'm doing and uh, i believe that that will get me into that top nine and i'm excited for what's beyond that yeah i'm excited too um I, I I was doing some research and you never know on the internet, like how old the research is, <clears throat> but it listed your occupation as ranch hand, farm hand. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I guess kind of in right now that where'd you find that? Uh, it was, it was a coaching profile. Okay. I don't remember putting that. In. Maybe I, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Um, so okay. yeah, it's fun. Carrie's, like grew up with a horse and it was a really impactful part of her life. And uh, so she's always wanted to get involved in that again. And so I just love that she loves that. <laughs> and I've never been involved in horses in my life um, until now. And so we have two, two horses. And the reason we can do that is because her sister and brother-in-law just bought some land 22 acres kind of in the county about like 10 minutes from us and so they have a couple horses we have a couple horses and i kind of do the work around the land to keep it you know safe for everything and as we um, it's kind of a fixer upper situation in some ways and so we're expanding things here and expanding things there and building things and and I have another job that I kind of do some of the other some stuff like that for a guy um, nearby. And so, yeah, it's just kind of morphed into, yeah, I guess I'm a little bit of a ranch hand. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you say you're an outdoorsy guy? Like you'd rather be outside doing stuff with your hands than inside? When it's a nice day, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's rained like all week this week and I've been building a fence and that's been pretty tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, there's a, like I've, I've mentioned the 2017 and 18 when I made the games and like, it was awesome to do that, but it was so lonely for me. And I was really singularly focused, which was important in the time. Like I needed that. And I grew a lot in, in ways and experiences that I'd rather not, you know, do again. But if I needed to, I know I could do it cause I've done it before. Um, and I just remember, like, I had like a, a triangle. I only went three places. You know, I went to the gym. I went to another gym to swim and to do other things. I went to church on Sunday. And then I guess it's kind of a down and then home. And I and did rehab at home and stared at the ceiling for hours as I tried to fix my back, you know, like, <laughs> and so I, you know, that was my thing. Like, I just did that over and over week after week. And, and it was cool, like, to, to get through that. And I look back on it in some ways fondly because I feel proud of what I was able to accomplish in those moments and the things that I learned and things I can take away now. But now I've, I feel like I can, I can not be so zeroed in on just, you know, getting to the games. I can, I can be married. Like at that time was the time when I was like, I can't date anyone. I can't do any of this stuff. I said no to everything. Um, and for some people, they might not need to do that. For me, I think I needed to at that time. And I don't need to now. Now I can have a little more. And I, and I have other things to steward. God's put other things in my life that I need to be responsible with. You know, so 
now I look on, I look at all of it now as like, okay, now it's not just this. This isn't just my mission. It's just get to the games again. Like that's why it's a blessing to be where I'm at right now and also be able to, you know, do the other things and steward the other gifts that I have and other things that God's put in my life, like two horses <laughs> um, that are awesome and, and a wife that I love. And so now I have more things going on. And sometimes for me, it's challenging because I, I still want to go to the games and I'm still pursuing that, but I'm doing it in a different way. And sometimes I have to check myself a little bit and, and remind myself that, you know, I, I'm, my purpose isn't wrapped up in CrossFit. You know, my purpose isn't wrapped up in my number on the leaderboard, which it can be that way easily when you start looking at the leaderboard. And then you start realizing, oh, I didn't get first and I'm sad now. Like, what's that about? You know? So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that. Um, yeah, I feel like I can, I can do more things now and I can be an outdoor person a little bit and not just be in the gym and my outdoor time doesn't have to just be running or something. So yeah, it, it feels good to have a little more balance and be outdoors and create things and, problem solve different things so so uh, i'm going to finish up with just a couple fun questions uh, in that same place where it said you were a ranch hand uh, it said that your guilty pleasure was pizza yeah anytime any type all kinds frozen pizza it doesn't matter little caesar's pizza yeah I like just pizza for probably not breakfast but any other time pizza for dessert it's all good um any any like set toppings that you're going to go for i mean it just has to have cheese and pepperoni and then after that it's just bonus so if i go to mod pizza i usually just tell them to put pretty much everything on it um but it's got to have cheese and it's got to have pepperoni i'm pretty you can't do all the toppings can't do all the toppings yeah, I, i'm you're a right, simplistic you're right. guy like i'm a, so a that, pepperoni like, cheese and mushroom guy that's just see sometimes I'm in the in the space where I'll look at a menu and I'll just look at whatever has the most calories and I'll just get that. <laughs> so that's kind of what it's like at mod is like, oh, I can get toppings and it doesn't cost more. Like let's load it up. But yeah, you're right. Then you get to like sauces and then it just gets weird because you have anchovies and like others. Yeah, you're right. You have a point. Yeah. Yeah. But like really there is no bad pizza is what you're saying. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I, I also read that your least favorite wad is my favorite wad. Oh, wow. And that is, that is Randy. Mm. Yeah. Is that still the least favorite? Yeah. I mean, I struggle with it, man. I mean, the first time I was really exposed to it was when it came out in 2015 for regionals was event one and i believe in 2015 at regionals and uh so i was just training for it and it just destroy me every single time and it still does so yeah i part of it might be just uh like a uh bad association because i did not do well in that workout <laughs> so now i have a little bone to pick with randy um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad it's your favorite because it needs to be a favorite of someone Right. Well, and the reason it's my favorite is when they did the team series, 
back in, I don't even remember the years. Yeah. I was, like, I was still healthy. So probably 15, 16. Yeah. And one yeah. of the team series workouts were, was a relay of named workouts. Oh, right. So, right. I, so I think it was Karen into Karen into Randy into Diane into grace. Yeah. So something like that. I know those were the workouts and I was, I was the Randy leg. There you and go. Every single one of us PR that that day. And I PR that by like over two minutes. And then that just became my jam. That's it, man. Maybe that's what it's about. It's more about like the experience. If I would have had just a wonderful experience with it, like maybe it'd be my favorite. Yeah. And it also said in this, this profile that your favorite was Amanda. Yeah. I mean, I think I like Amanda because of the, just the skill component to it. Like it's a tricky workout. Like you can't just go crazy, but you also can push it pretty fast. And squat snatches are like, I'm not the best at them by any means, but I think it's just an amazing movement. And the same thing with the ring muscle up, like it's just cool. Like the squat snatch you're taking, you know, in that workout, 135, any weight is amazing, but you're throwing it over your head and then you're catching it in a squat and standing up like with 135 pounds that's amazing like and uh so the muscle up so is amazing to me too that you're just swinging and coming over and getting you know so i just yeah. i like the i think the movements are just so cool i'm not necessarily the best at amanda but i just think it's cool <laughs> yeah i i will have to agree with you the greatest feeling in crossfit is is catching a snatch yeah in the squat because for me, like if I can catch it, I'm gonna stand it up. Yeah. Squatting is not my issue. Right. But the technique of catching that snatch, and you when you know you have it, and I and I can just sit down there going, Yep, it's over, and then just stand it up. That is that you oh, yeah. feel. Yeah, you know you got it in the bottom, but people are still like, you're like, don't worry. <laughs> Watch yep. <this> one. <laughs> yep, exactly. Now I've never done a bring muscle up, so I'm, I'm assuming that there's a feeling like that and where you catch it and all you have to do is press it out. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of have a similar feeling. Yeah. And then you're up, you're, you feel really tall, you know, you're like up high. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mitch, this has been awesome. It's been awesome catching up. Um, I think we probably just touched the surface tonight, but it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I'm going to be in Pasadena. So we will see you there, man. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And to all our listeners, thank you for jumping in. We'll see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Later, later.